Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. To to empower you. I am your host, back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach. And I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's episode, I want to talk about Don't Lose Your Mind. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as you may want to take some notes today. As always, we begin with a scripture, and in Philippians chapter 4, I'm not going to read the verse just yet. I just want to kind of cite some things in terms of what the Apostle Paul is going to talk about to us today as we talk about don't lose your mind. And in Philippians 4, Paul is giving us a wonderful recipe of spices, I like to call it, to add to our thought life. And if we do, we can live a victorious life and shame the works of the flesh. You know as well as I know that people everywhere seemingly are losing their mind, the ability to think properly And when our minds are gone, we can't do the things that really uplift ourselves or each other. You can look at the news cycle. You can look at the media and the things that people are concocting in their mind just leaves you confused, or at least me most of the time. And so whether you are a Christian or non-Christian, but especially if you are a believer, you've got to protect your mind. If not, you will go the other way very quickly. Don't ever be arrogant and think that you can't end up like somebody else that doesn't know the Lord. Because I'm telling you, man, you can cross over the line very quickly. And we do that in our thought life, in our mind. And that's why I titled this, Don't Lose Your Mind. You need it. Greatest weapon that you have is your mentality, and that drives the body. And when the mind is gone, when you cannot harness it, when you cannot control it, you will do things that you said you'd never do. You'll start going places you'd never said you'd go. You'll start hanging out with people you said you'd never hang out with. This is why I always tell people, don't say what you won't do when you're not practicing a positive mindset. And when I say positive, because I'm going to talk about that here too in this episode so we can be clear. When I talk about a positive mindset, I'm just not talking about thinking something into being. I'm talking about thinking about the things of God because everything, as far as believer starts or as far as believer is concerned, it starts in the mentality. And so it's very key. And so also in Proverbs chapter 23 and 7, if this is true, and I believe it is because I believe the word of God is true, it says some powerful words, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm going to say that again. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we can go no higher in thought than we determine about ourselves. 
So if you don't think you're anybody, if you think you're a loser, you'll never be anything, you'll never amount to anything, if you think you're lower than everybody else on the planet, you can go no higher in the things that you want to do and become than what you feel about yourself. So we have to learn And this takes some practice. This takes some work. You got to work this out. You got to work out, as the scripture says, your own soul salvation. Because whatever we do, wherever we go, everything starts in the mind. And you may say, I know this, but knowing it won't help your situation. Knowing that smoking is wrong don't help you to quit. Knowing that certain things that if you continue to do them will cause a situation you don't want, won't change the situation. You have to first realize and understand that we have to learn how to harness our souls, our mind, our will, our emotion, our intellect, our conscience, being able to impress upon our subconscious what we really want to do for God and what God has already said concerning the recipe and the spices that I talked about in Philippians chapter four, which I will talk about in this episode today. So just hold on here and I'll give it to you. First of all, Paul here, as relates to Philippians chapter four, is just not talking about positive thinking. Again, we consider this positive thought movement in our world today as something new. But Paul had to contend with a lot of people about positive thinking because you have to realize that everything, again, begins with God. See, when you think it's beginning with you, anything that begins with you will end with you. But because everything about God is eternal, when it starts with him, it can never end. And that's the difference. You have to realize that you and God are not the same in terms of thought life. Matter of fact, the scripture says that his ways are above our ways. The ways that he's going to do things is not how you're going to do it. His thoughts are not as we would think. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get his ways or get his thoughts, but you have to first understand who's in charge, and that's God. And so we have to yield to the Spirit of God. We have to yield to what his word says, and we've got to put it into practice. I always say this. Sometimes I feel like I'm a a record saying the same thing again and again. But I do understand part of my anointing is teaching. And people just don't do what you say do. They do what you continue to tell them to do, that you can continue to teach it to them. And at some point, it'll turn over and it'll begin to click and they'll begin to buy into it and do it. But Paul here is not talking about positive thinking as we may assert that he is. Those that teach positive thinking suggest that you can't ever be negative or critical. But that is why we have a loss of discernment. We need a discerning mindset because people don't want you to call them out on anything that is wrong. They call that judgment. You judging me. You know, you hating on me. But if you wrong, you just wrong. I learned early in life, you can't make something right wrong. And we can try to stand on something and make it be right. But at the end of the day, if I'm driving to Chicago and I'm going the wrong way, I can't just keep driving and hope I'm going to get in Chicago. That's just not going to work. And if I would say that to you, you would get that. 
But it's so hard for us to get that in other things in our life. You cannot start off wrong and end up right. You got to somewhere repent of those things that you're doing and go in another direction. And that's what repentance is all about. Acknowledging I'm going the wrong way. Acknowledging I'm not doing the right thing. And so I got to get off the freeway. I got to turn around and I got to go in the right direction. And then I can get to Chicago. Then I can get to where I need to go. Then I'm on my way to my purpose, my destiny in Christ. And so these are the things that I think we need to understand as it relates to some things that Paul is saying here. So let me just define negative. Negative means expressing or implying denial or disagreement or to oppose something. But discernment means the ability to judge well. You might want to write that down, what discernment means. The ability to judge well. The world has lost their minds. Some in the world, not everybody in the world, obviously. Some of the world has lost their mind and they have no discernment. The ability to judge well. That is one of your greatest assets, one of your greatest things that you can begin to use in terms of you not losing your mentality or your mind, your mindset. You've got to have the ability to judge a situation well. And again, we're not leaning on our own understanding. And that's why I said, if it starts with you, it's going to end with you. This has got to start with God. God is the one that discerns through us. So we need his mentality his ability to see what we cannot see, see through like x-ray vision, being able to see through what people are saying. You just can't take what people are saying as facts. You've got to give that to God and say, Lord, I heard what they said, but show me what they're saying. Show me what they mean with this. Because, you know, again, there are people that live to dupe. There are people that want to confuse your thoughts. There are people who want to lead you astray. And again, everybody that names the name of Christ, you got wolves in sheep clothing. clothing. Can you discern that? Do you have the ability to judge well? For example, sex before marriage is wrong. Now, you got a lot of people that's going to stand on their base and say, well, I got to try out the car. I got to try out the seats. I got to try out the blinkers. I got to try out the radio. You know, nobody buys a car until they try it out. But see, that's what the world is saying. And this is why we got so much mess in families. People just out here sexing, making babies. You done created a human being. You're immature. You're not ready to be a father. You're not ready to be a mother. And so now we got head home or homes that are headed up by single women. Men don't want to take responsibility. Not all men, some men, because they're just out here doing things based on feeling, based on arousal. All of these things, you know, just want to do something, a one night stand. But again, you're creating a person. And so this is why sex before marriage is wrong. I don't care what anybody says. The statistics back it up when kids don't come into a loving home where there's a mother, more importantly, a father in there who can chart the course of action, who can give correction and discipline. And the mother is there for the nurturing aspect that child is going to be messed up. 
that child is not going to understand what's right and what's wrong. So we've got to really come to grips that if we just going to do things our way, then you just going to have to deal with the consequences. So you can't cry and be upset about the things that you chose to do. For example, lying is wrong. You know that. But people would say, well, I had to lie. I had no choice. I was trying to cover your feelings. You know, that's ridiculous. People have lost their mind. So they feel like the truth is not even an option. They feel like telling you the truth, being honest with you is going to hurt you more than me looking you in your face and telling you what's real. And so people lie and they deceive and they connive. And then when you tell a lie, you know you got to tell another one and another one. And before long, if you're not careful, you've lost your mind to the degree that you have believed the lie because you've told it so many times. Example, homosexuality is wrong. Now, I don't have no issue with the gay and lesbian community, but the reality is God didn't create you that way. These are choices that people are making. And then people want to use certain things and say, well, you know, when I grew up, I knew this at four years old. Are you serious? At four years old, I knew this at five years old. I was different. And then we have parents who buy into this and say, well, Johnny knew, little Susie knew they were different. Listen, if we just go by what we're thinking or go by what's going on in the rumor mill or go by what's going on in our mindset, we will be going in every direction. There are days I'm not feeling my best, but I can't label that in that day. Because a few hours from now, I get my mindset together. I don't think the way that I did before. We cannot move in these knee-jerk reactions and start labeling kids, start labeling teenagers, start labeling ourselves. It's an undisciplined thought life generally because the people that we are around, you'd be surprised at the stuff that kids are dealing with because of the parents that they have. And kids can't choose their parents. But the reality is we have to create an atmosphere to succeed. Those that succeed in life are dropped into an atmosphere and environment that helps their mentality achieve great things. And if you're in a wrong household, if you're around wrong people, and if you are doing wrong things, it's only because of the atmosphere. So we've got to get this right. Cheating is wrong. It just is. But people, you'd be surprised at people who say, I had to cheat. I was in trouble. I had to find a way to get over. I was pressured. I was stressed. You didn't know what I was dealing with. It don't matter. You've lost your mind. Well, you just can't stand on your square and prepare yourself for an activity or for a test and you have to resort to cheating. That's not good. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your excuse is. Because reality is you wouldn't want anybody to cheat you. See, we get that. We understand when we get scorned or we get burned or things happen in our life when somebody cheated you. But when the shoe is on the other foot, it's no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. But we got to realize, saints, we got to realize, friends, that we many times have lost our mind. Just for a split second, we've lost our way. And this is why we cannot make any decision, a short-term decision, a long-term decision, when our mindset 
is wrong. We got to stop. We got to wait. We got to get our mind right. We got to renew our mind with the word of God. We got to stay with him because he can help us through it and help us become all the things that we desire to be. So when someone begins to oppose things that are wrong, we call that person negative. Well, excuse me, I'm calling it discernment. I'm calling you out. I'm calling it discernment. God has given us the ability to judge well. So what happens is when you live wrong, you confess wrong. When you confess wrong, you live wrong. God is not going to do whatever you say. That's not faith. That's foolishness. And Jesus never said, have faith in yourself. He said, have faith in God. When you have faith in God, he will help you to have faith in you. But again, I'm going to say it to you one more time. If it starts with you, it's going to end with you. But if it starts with God, it'll be eternal. It'll be powerful. It's got residual power in that word. So the source of thought comes from God's word. And he said in Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12, then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God says, I'm going to hasten my word, not yours, his word to perform it. So we've got to get the word of God in our mind. And he will hasten, he will run, he will sprint to that word and cause that word to come to pass in you. As promised, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Notice what it says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Don't pray about it, but think about it. Meditate on it. Notice what he said again. Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, not just your truth. We got people standing on their truth. You know, that's kind of the colloquialism, the word of the day. I'm standing on my truth. This is my truth. Well, what if your truth is wrong? For example, two plus two is four. Everybody knows that from here all around the world. But you'll have one person that'll say to you, two plus two is five. And they'll try to stand on that. How are you going to stand on something that is wrong? Two plus two is four. And if you would hear somebody say other than that, you'll say to them, you lost your mind. What are you talking about? Two plus two is four. It's not. But you'll have people who will come up with things. And I'm telling you, man, they can be so convincing for a moment. You say, well, maybe two plus two is five. And you're like, no, you know, two plus two is not five, it's four. So we have to remember, I don't care how convincing people are, we have to understand truth never changes. It never needs to be updated. Facts will change because it goes off of data, numbers, research, things that they said 30 years ago, they're retracting and they're updating it. And they're saying it's not what it was 30 years ago. But whatever God says is true. So if God says you're blessed, 
I don't care what you're going through. God's not going to change his mind just because you're having a bad day. He says you're blessed. If he says you're the head and not the tail, it doesn't matter if you feel like the tail. It doesn't matter if everybody says you're the tail. Whatever God says never needs to be improved upon. You might want to write that down. Whatever God says doesn't need to be improved upon. That is profound because everything in the world has to be improved upon. Your car has to be maintained and improved. Your house has to be maintained and improved. Even your body has to be maintained and improved. If not, it won't work the way it's supposed to work. But God's word from Genesis to Revelation and in between, whatever he said never has to be improved upon because it's that legit and it's that thorough. Now notice what the Message Bible says in Philippians chapter four. And I'm going to read verse eight and nine in the Message Bible. I really like this translation. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into the most excellent harmonies. That is powerful that we have to learn how to feel our minds on the things, on that recipe I said. And here it is, that recipe, those true things, those noble, those reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, all of those things that we would feel our mentality with those things and practice that. Just not put it in our mind, but practice it. You can't go wrong. You can't fail. The old saints used to tell me there is no failure in God. I didn't know what they meant, but I know now. You can't fail in God. You can't lose with the stuff God is using. It's impossible because I told you it's stuff don't need to be improved upon. You just have to take this and believe it and have faith in God in what he said and do it. Don't question it. Do it. And when you do, things are going to work out fine for you. Notice what Mark Twain once said. What a wee little part of a person's life are his acts and his words. His real life is led in his head and is known to none but himself. All day long, the meal of his brain is grinding and his thoughts, not those other things, are his history. Well said, Mark Twain. Our thought life designs the basis for our actions and words. You might want to write that down. Our thought, our life designs the basis for our actions and words. That is so powerful. How you think will design your life. And it's the basis of your actions and words. And one more important thing about the Christian life that we've got to understand that all sin begins in our thoughts, which the Bible often calls the heart. Jesus said that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed the evil thoughts. Check this, fornications, thefts, murders, adultery, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, 
sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Mark 7, 20 through verse 23. No one commits these outward sins without first having committed them in the mind. Don't lose your mind. If you do, don't be surprised when you do these things that are listed. I get it. None of us are perfect, but we've got to stop setting ourselves up for failure. We have to start setting ourselves up for success. And finally, in James chapter one, starting at verse number 13, and we'll conclude at verse number 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. How often do people say that? They get mad at God and say, God is because of you. But notice what the scripture says, for God and not be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So now we got to throw that out of our mindset. Verse 14, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and entice. There it is. The thief has been caught. I was dragged away by my own thought life. I was dragged and enticed because I lost my mind for a second. Got in the fight, cut somebody out, hurt somebody, wounded somebody, blaming God. We got to stop that. We have to remember we are in charge of our own feelings. You are in charge of your own thought life. You are in charge of where you go today. You're making choices. So this is why, again, don't make a choice when you know you're not right mentally. Stay in the house. Pray. Do what you need to do before you make a choice and a decision that will wreck your life and ruin somebody else's life. And in verse number 15, James 1, 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. This is a sequence. It happens just like the scripture says. And so we have to remember that when we see something giving full birth, we know that separation is going to happen at some point. But I want to encourage you today. Don't lose your mind. Give your mind to God. He said, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I'm telling you, the older I get, I just want some peace. I don't need to search for it. God said he'd give it to me. If I would keep my mind stayed on thee, don't lose your mind. It's your best asset going. Cover it. Keep it in God's care. And when you do, you'll see some profound things happen for you. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that you were blessed. If you were, shoot me an email. Let me hear from you today at info at thomasadeloach.com. Shoot me that email today. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. On that homepage, you will see a subscriber box. Put your email in there and click that send button and I will release to you, send back to you 
a PDF that will help you walk in God. And also, I'm sending out monthly newsletters. So make sure you give me your email address so we can stay connected. And finally, again, if these shows are blessing you, why don't you consider financially partnering with me? All right. No dollar amount is too big. No dollar amount is too small. And everything you give will help me to produce the shows that I produce that are being a blessing to you. Again, you can go to that website, thomasadeloach.com. Scroll down to the almost to the bottom of the screen and you'll see that donation tab. Pray and sow into ground. Listen, I'm praying for you always, thanking God that you are listening to these shows and episodes. I'm so honored that you are taking the time to digest a few things that I'm saying to you, and I pray it's being a blessing to you. Go about your day and do the things that God has called you to do. But more importantly, remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.